Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Lily Rabe grew up studying dance before she made the leap into acting. She first debuted alongside her mother, Jill Clayburgh, in the film Never Again in 2001 and has continued to appear on television and movie screens. Lily has been a part of some hit series like the FX series American Horror Story and has been seen performing on stage in The Merchant of Venice. On this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Lily Rabe reflects on how she first got involved in acting, her experience on set during the COVID pandemic, and her new movie, The Tender Bar. Welcome to the show, Lily. Hey. How are you? I'm doing so well. Yeah. Did you uh, did you quarantine tightly for for the last year or did you I, have a friendship group or what did you I do? didn't. We didn't okay. have a group. We yeah. didn't have a pod. My kids right. didn't anyone but oh. one another and um, I had a baby in the middle of it so there no. was a new a new playmate that was sort of congratulations <laughs> well the, right at the baby makes two or baby makes baby makes two and then okay. I have a stepdaughter as well so okay. there's three okay. three okay. girls in the house a lot of the time oh and what are the ages 14 okay. four and now one. She just turned one. Interesting. And so the 14-year-old, is she showing you love? Is she showing you hesitation? Is she showing you... I have so much love. Really? Yeah. I'm oh, so lucky. That means you're good and it means she's special. She... <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I hope both things are true. I can definitely say she's very, very special. Right, right, right. Because right. I have so many friends uh, who have had the opposite uh, experience. And I remember my niece, um, who still remains the most special person uh, in history... Uh, you know, we were super close up until she was, you know, 12, 13, and then 
you started to feel her kind of moving away. Yeah. And I was so bummed. And I remember my mom saying, don't worry, she'll be back around she'll 17, back. 18. <laughs> she said, she said, give her time, give her space, she'll be back around. And sure enough, she yeah. came back around then, and we've been good ever since. But uh, And being a step-parent, it was, you know, yeah. my mother was... Right. A step parent. I have a younger brother, and then I have an older brother, ten years older. So yeah. just the same age oh. difference between all of us. Yeah. And it was one of those things, sort of a post mortem right. gift that my mother gave me yeah. that I didn't know she was going to give me about oh. just having this kind of comfortability with yeah. stepmothering that yeah. it didn't feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I something about it felt yeah. just instantly like, oh yes, this feels yeah. right. Well, the other thing I bet you, I mean, not knowing your daughter, not wanting to. Uh, project on her, but I assume you're being that comfortable probably also. Do you know what I mean? That I probably so. helped her too. I, I bet you she so. felt you come into that space. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. and I <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, it could be otherwise. Well, so. you know, there are plenty yeah. of uh, <laughs> stories out there. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Where, uh, yeah, yeah, stepmothering, can, yeah. you know, it's got a... Yeah. It's, it's, it's had a life of its, uh, of, 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 its, of its own. But it's one of my, yeah, my proudest sort of things that yeah. I'm so grateful for. Are most of your uh, friends from college or growing up, are most of them moms and dads yet, or That's a great where are they? question. A lot of them are. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, but then many of them aren't and mm-hmm. uh, and sort of have no plans to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- I, th- I have a real mixture of, of both. Yeah. But I've, yeah. I've never been... And of course, COVID, you know, I wasn't going to be right. bringing my baby yeah. to baby groups, right. but that was always something that was like very intimidating to yeah. me. Um, that kind of, uh, it's such a wonderful thing to right. have that kind of community, but it was yeah. definitely uh, not something that comes incredibly, not, I, I, yeah. I tend to go yeah. to, to isolate a little are, bit. No, are you more introvert or extrovert? Yes, introvert. Interesting, although you have that nice gleam in your eye oh. of, of, do you know what I mean? Of a, of a fun introvert, if I could say that, because... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I met a wonderful woman uh, years ago, um, Susan Cain, uh-huh. who wrote a book called Quiet. I don't know if you've ever read it. I haven't, but Quiet. I know of it. And she was the first one really, I mean, everyone had always talked about it, but she was the first one to really go in depth about being an introvert and what that might mean and how you might thrive in this world differently than if you were an extrovert. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I learned that. a lot, kind of. Uh, what was the sort of? Um, you know, even little things, like uh, the company, in our show, you know, we always have people introduce themselves. And I always think of it, because I come from a big, rambunctious family. Yeah. You know, 38 first cousins on both sides oh, combined. And so we will introduce ourselves warmly, and you know, people will tease you. If you came in, they'd give you a nickname. You wouldn't be Lily for long. They'd give you like a new name. and. We always thought it was fun, therefore, at my company to kind of have people introduce themselves. And yeah. I remember some of the introverts saying, no, it's a little terrifying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little terrifying, so you might want to give me a little warning and not just do it at the last second and what yeah. have you. And so it was just a whole suite of things. And then even in the pandemic, another woman I know who's, um, an, a- who's, who's an actor as well, uh, she said, I, she said, Carlos, I have to be careful because I kind of like being at home. Mm-hmm. She says, I have to be careful because um, I kind of like being at home and I could actually go the opposite way yeah. with it. So, um, but, I relate to that. Yeah, yeah, and I do yeah. remember in the circles and I went to drama. I, I, it, was, it was undergrad, but right. I was in the sort of drama program. So yeah. there was a lot of like going around the circle yeah. and just right. the that sort of sweat that would yeah. start on my back yeah. when we got yeah. even like a quarter yeah. of the way from the <laughs> And there was one time when I actually completely yeah. forgot my name. I was in such yeah. a panic yeah. by the yeah. time right. it got right. to me that right. I, 
I, I didn't know my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it is, it's so, it's so interesting to me because I feel like I've met a number of artists who, for whatever reason, I would, ex I don't, and this is again my narrow view of the world, I always thought because you guys do such beautiful jobs on stage and on screen, that that, you know, that, that you were extroverts, that you'd want to be there. And I've heard from probably more than I expected. I said, no, no, I'm actually an introvert. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, yeah. But my yeah. partner, who yeah. is an actor, is, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he's an extrovert to the to the extreme. And I, uh, and it, I really do know yeah. sort of. Yeah. But, but it, it, I think there is something, at least for yeah. me, yeah. that uh, when I'm acting, I, yeah. I do get to... It's not really, oh, you know, so there's like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, if I have to yeah. get up and give a toast, yeah, right, right, uh, right, I'm a nervous wreck. Yeah, that's so funny. Do you ever take advantage of that kind of acting perspective and just say, let me play this role? Or Absolutely. Let me do oh, do you? Okay, okay, <laughs> yes. okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay. That helps me uh, yeah. give a better, a better, yeah. <laughs> a better toast. Yeah. Do it in an accent. Now. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's, <laughs> are you, are you good with accents? I am, but I'm not. Doing oh, you're not gonna do it. All right, I'm not gonna put you on. But you know, I I so admire you guys who can like learn accents, like uh, your guy Idris Elba, who's a Brit, and I was used to watching him on The Wire or yeah, other places, yeah. and so kind of thrown off. Or even um, one of the other guys with him was also a Brit. Um, oh my goodness, uh, the guy who plays McNulty, right? Um, uh, was also so. Yeah, so that's that's. Uh, what's the toughest accent you've had to learn? That's a good question. Oh gosh, I, uh, I've never. I've sort of loved the opportunity to learn everyone that that I. I just did um, in Underground Railroad. There was that was, that had a sort of very specific dialect that I, I don't know if it was the toughest, but I kind of loved it the most. Um, and then I just did a, a movie with a with another very thick accent that. Um, you know, sometimes when the accent's really big, right. it's sort of, which isn't the case in, in Underground, but in this other project, yeah. it, it was a big accent. And, and that was actually terrifying because you sort of think, oh, this is, this is, this is it feels so big, but yeah. actually yeah. that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, you have to go, so you, have to, have to you, have, you have to lean all the yeah. way into it. Because you always have to do a really subtle version <laughs> of this accent. Right, but right. you're like, no, actually, this yeah. should not be subtle Yeah, at all. yeah, uh, you got to own it yeah. all the way. Yeah, and that's yeah. always a challenge. That's, it, it's, um... Yeah, there's so many things that I now am appreciating more that you get a chance to master or at least experiment with as an actor. Like even memorizing things. Yeah. Like I am, how do you go about it? I'm just blown away once it is sunk into me how many things you guys have to memorize. And then someone else told me that they actually keep changing the script as it goes along. Often. I did work with David Melchior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like these, yeah. uh, it was one of the great yeah. experiences, yeah. but you would learn like these, and then he would come in, you'd be in yeah. hair and makeup, and he was like, there's a new, this is all, I forget everything. You. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, learning yeah. lines, everyone does it so differently. Right. Um, I... I think I, I do have a, uh, an easy-ish time oh, okay. with it, yeah. sort of. Photographic like memory? Just, I, I, I don't I Don't want to say that? Okay, that okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Far, but okay. there's something that yeah. I can get it pretty quickly, but yeah. um, I do feel just, you know, it's like the, this saying it, just saying yeah. it, saying it, saying it, yeah. which is something when you do a play, you get to do because you have all this rehearsal time, yeah. but often you don't with the... Uh, with film and TV, so I sort of build out that time to, to say it and say it and say it. Oh, interesting. So you get more rehearsal. You don't get as much rehearsal with TV and You film. tend not to. 
Interesting. And is that just because it's more expensive? Because the, That's the, a great question. Yeah. I feel like that's the answer to everything, yeah. always. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes. Right, right. Always uh, the dollars, right? <laughs> but right. I don't know for sure. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, there's, it, uh, there are exceptions. There are, yeah. I've heard about films where they yeah. do rehearse like a, like a play. I've never had you know, months of rehearsal, which you do have with, with theater often. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, finding, finding ways to, to just say the words. Is, yeah. How many actors, uh, once upon a time people would say that actors were short, and they would always talk about Tom Cruise right. and others who were short, but it feels like there are more taller actors, or am I just making that up on my own? No, I think you're not making it up. Okay, okay. But it's definitely okay. something, yes, we all hear yeah. when we hear Tom Cruise, and, <laughs> and, it's tr and the thing of yeah. like, you know, being up on the curb and or whatever it is, right, these right, stories right, that we hear. Right. But it's true. I've I just worked with Ben Affleck. He's like yeah. so tall. Um, oh, right. he is. Yeah. He's like six two or He's three. He's very or tall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is on stage. Mm -hmm. It is you can't do a lot of cheating with height. Oh, right. So you really do have to kind of. What does the stage attract? Does it attract? Well, like you can't. Yeah. You know, if you have the camera, I guess you could right. stand on a little thing or like yeah. have lifts in your. But right, right, right. On the stage, you really should. You can't. You kind of, yeah. Yeah. Unless the point is. Yeah. Right. And then in Shakespeare, so many of the parts yeah. um, are are written like it's all about how tall she was and oh, Helena, right? and it's all about how short Hermia is, yeah, and so yeah, you kind yeah. of right. uh, there are certain things that you know yeah. a lot of the jokes kind yeah. of are height height related. Do you do, do you do a lot of Shakespeare? I, d I did. Okay. I did. Okay. That was okay. um, that was sort of the. I don't know how I got so lucky yeah. to do the Shakespeare that I did, right. but I got the first the first Shakespeare play I did was um, was Merchant of Venice. Oh wow! With, yeah, that was the yeah. first one. Right. Um, and then I got to do quite a quite a few more after that, right. uh, and I can't quite. Believe that I got to play the women that I that I did. Wow. Know, sort of this wow. run of them. And, and do you get nervous when you go out on stage? Every time. You oh do. My God. Yes. And have you ever blanked? Have you ever like gone up? Yeah. I've more so than going up. I've had okay. terrible laughing, like breaking <laughs> laughing. <laughs> okay. <I'm really laughs> terrible, <okay>. devastating. <laughs> right. It's not something yeah. I've made a yeah. you know a real habit of, but right. it has right. happened. Okay. Um, there was something with Hamish actually. We were doing much to do about nothing, and he was playing Benedict, and I was playing Beatrice, and he in he sort of inverted a line, and it came out terribly inappropriately. And he said it, hey. and I'm waiting to make my entrance. And he said it. Hey. He heard himself say it. <laughs> and then he said to the thousands of people at Shakespeare in the Park, nope. <laughs> at which point, uh, uh, he just started sort of weeping with tears, and hey. I was weeping. And we were hey. just kind of weeping through yeah. the scene. And the, hey. I mean, you know, it's like there is something terribly delicious about, yeah. about those moments, but... You know what, that's actually, if you can feel that way about it and you can say terribly delicious, that already allows you to enjoy it in the, uh, you know what I mean, in the right mindset. It's like mindset. a free fall at a yeah. certain moment because there's just, <laughs> that's like, a good everybody knows yeah. what just happened. Yes, yes, yes. I saw someone give a TED Talk and he was trying to give a TED Talk on confidence and on confidently public speaking and he couldn't. <laughs> and the audience responded so well he responded as well as he could. The audience responded so well. He said, "You know what? 
I can't do this today, but maybe a couple of years from now I'll get it That's right. That's really so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> but he did. You, he yes. gave it. That was, the, that was it. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? maybe, it, was, uh, maybe it was planned in its, uh, in its own way. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Were you definitely going to do acting because your mom did it? Was that, do you feel like that was like written in the stars? If anything, you know, um, I hope the stars are on my side, but I definitely was trying not to do it. I felt, I I actually felt quite a bit of shame, I think, going into the industry that my parents were in. I felt, um, and I don't think I would have known at the time, like, oh, I'm feeling shame around this. But looking back, um, I think that's what it was. I think I felt like 
you know, I, 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 I want to, you know, have my own path and not yeah. feel like anything was sort of mm. paved for me. Right, and, right. Yeah. Um, but, so I was a dancer. I was, I loved ballet okay. from a really young age. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, and the sort of, I think the discipline of right. dance. Yep, yep. And the, and the performing. I mean, you yeah. are performing in yeah, a way, yeah. and you are not yourself. Okay. And you have the music. Right, right. And that was what I loved about ballet. Uh, so I think that was sort of really my roundabout. And I loved writing in school, yeah. which was, you know, it was like my dad was saying, yeah. just don't, don't write. It's really lonely. And it's really, <laughs> my mom was like, well, don't be an actress. Right. This industry is insane. Right. Um, and then, you know, those were the things that I loved and dance. And, and so, as you started, were they good counselors? Yeah. They were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so deeply and immediately supportive. I think, though, they were, it might have, I can't really speak for them, but I yeah. think it might have been easier for them because it didn't feel like, they, they really did, and they were, my mom was like, you're yeah. going to college, or, or, or you cannot go to college, and then that's, but like, I'm not helping you not if you, you, this is what you have to do and then if you yeah. fall in love with acting and you want to but you have yeah. to um there's no like dropping out of school and going to you know i'm not like introducing you yeah. to my agent and yeah. that's not happening and, and why not why wouldn't she do that because she would have met a number of people who had been successful that way right totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I, what, what about her didn't want you to do that wanted you to do had she gone to college Yes, yeah, she went to Sarah Lawrence. Oh, okay, okay. So she, okay. But I think if I really, oh. if I'm really, and I've never yeah. been asked that question, if I really think about what the answer might be. Yeah. My mom had a very funny thing about, it was incredibly incongruous. Uh, she sort of thought of herself, um, she would always say, you know, but you're much stronger than me. You're so much stronger than I was. You're so much stronger than I am. Mm. She was such an incredibly strong woman. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, she just couldn't, uh, and I mean, not for some reason, there's yeah. a million reasons right. why, right. but it was really something that I think she wanted to feel like I was armed with as much as I possibly could be armed with. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah. in her mind, some yeah. of those things were having, right. you know, graduating from college yeah. and and she was you know something else she was so amazing at yeah. at life at the yeah. sort of time between jobs yeah. um that's an interesting way to say it time between jobs is nice because yeah. for a lot of yeah. it's hard yeah. it's right. that that right. sort of when you don't know what's next right. and yeah. Yeah. she was incredible at it but i don't know that she yeah. was always like i think that was something she came to as she got older, as she had kids. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think the, I think pushing me away from it, maybe she knew always yeah. that it was where I was gonna end up. Yeah. Maybe she felt that she probably did. We were so incredibly connected and close, mm. but I think she just wanted to feel like you've gotta, you've gotta make this choice for yourself if you're gonna make this choice and then I will be there for you, and of course, she was. Did she ever talk about the work she did in An Unmarried Woman? Yeah. And how did that shape what kind of mom she was? Because now you're making me think about, was she 
Be- because not only are you close to your stepdaughter and, you, and yeah. your daughters, but it sounds like you were close to her. So close to and, her. And unfortunately, that's not always the narrative. And I'm wondering whether there's something about her work, which she was nominated for an Academy Award for, you know, that was at a time, I think it was late 70s, right? Yeah. Where that was still, it was still a relatively new story yeah. to be told. Oh, my gosh. It was really groundbreaking, yeah. Yeah. that story yeah. at the time. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, women would come up mm. when I was young and sort of stop her about that movie and yeah. say, thank you. Thank right. you. This, yeah. it really did uh, give me the strength to make this choice. Give me, you know, inspire yeah. me. Here we are with strength again. Yeah. Um, but... There was, like, this palpable gratitude from people towards my mother that, of course, I really didn't understand. I was very young, and um, and my mom did sort of shelter me from the business as much as she, as she could. But you could feel that from, I guess, in a way, I felt it more from others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it probably, I assume that may have also played into your openness to acting because you can appreciate how much... Uh, people could appreciate your work on so many different levels, meaning right. not only entertainment, but you you saw people say that you're telling that story. Say thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Is, I had uh, never thought about that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, may mom, uh, may mom rest in peace. I appreciated, uh, I appreciate her work. I appreciate her. She was an incredible. As, she was the. We were. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was. Yeah. I was very yeah. much in love with yeah. her. I still am. Yeah. What do you think you would have done if you had not gone into acting? I mean, I know um, for you it's been prolific, and I've loved the variety of, of roles it feels like you've been able Thank to you. enjoy and take on. And I love that you've played across the medium. And so in some ways it's almost a ridiculous question to ask, but if you had not gone into acting, what, if anything, do you think this uh, this Northwestern Wildcat would have become? Uh, I, you know, I... I've always yeah. a, a therapist, yeah. but but maybe oh. that's how, maybe you're like well I I don't know about okay, that. Okay. but I I have real um, I'm a big fan yeah, <laughs> yeah. of it, yeah. Um, but I also there's something about the that thing of uh, you know being with being with people right, right. yeah, but also. Being alone, it felt. It's like this very. I, I I love the idea of it. Perhaps I've totally romanticized it, um, but that was something that. Yeah, that's something I've had like fantasies about, and and writing, writing too. That and and as I, you know, solitude has only gotten more and more appealing. Yeah, right, to right, me. right, right, right. Um, so. Do you yeah. know my girl Maggie Siff? Do you know Maggie? I love Maggie. She, because you know, you guys have some commonality there because, you know, she also is a very uh, uh, studied uh, actor. I think she went to Bryn Mawr, and um, and you know, she has thought about being a therapist. Obviously, obviously plays the role. Right. Uh, there was, I think, I can't remember whether her husband's a therapist. Maybe. I'm not sure. I met yeah. Maggie. Yeah. We had at the time right. the same yeah. business manager, and uh-huh. she. Uh, she was like, I was leaving town, right. and she was in town for a very short period of time, and he sort of match made us over a car. Like, yeah. do you want to lease right. or borrow <laughs> Lily's car? She's right. leaving, and oh, um, nice. I can't remember if she actually ended up taking the car, okay, but we okay. really, yeah. <laughs> we really connected. Yeah. She's an incredible yeah. person and mother, yeah. and um, I, I, I really, yeah. 
I loved her uh, immediately, and, and yeah. Yeah, and very introspective, and, and also would call herself an introvert as well, which is, uh, which is intriguing. I'm sure that's yeah. part of maybe why yeah. we felt um, comfortable to, yeah, because yeah. I remember we sort of text, you know, and you yeah. sort of have that nervous yeah. thing of right. like, right. I think, right. so can right. we hang out again and not talk <laughs> right, about right, the right, car? Right, right, right. That is an interesting dynamic about making friends as yeah. an adult and how that uh, works. Have you been good at making new friends no. as an adult? Yeah, yeah, but maybe yeah, accidentally, yeah. right? Okay, uh, okay. Like in that way, yeah, where then yeah. suddenly you just have a. But I'm I'm not great at putting myself out right. there, yeah. though I I do think I've gotten better yeah. at like when I really recognize that something yeah. is there, because yeah. you do get better at yeah. that, right? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, I, yeah. this is this and feels. Knowing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have gotten a little better at pursuing it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And just kind of say it's funny, and I think for guys. Sometimes there's, for whatever combination of reasons, there's even more awkwardness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we yes. take a longer time to just say, I kind of like you. We should be <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think it's, it's hopefully it's, uh, it's getting better. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday. Each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest 
to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you just did a movie with a couple of interesting people. I did. I just did a... I just sort of finished. I was kind of shooting them simultaneously. Um, I finished season 10 of A Horror Story recently, yeah. and then I did this movie called The Tender Bar yeah. that George Clooney directed. What a great name. Uh, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It is such a great name. Yeah, yeah. How was doing it with Clooney? He is... Just the dream. Is he? Yeah. Is he really? He's the dream. Is he? I think I kind of want to meet him. <laughs> I think you yeah, should. Yeah. I think you should. Okay. I, I have a feeling the, okay. the feeling would be mutual hey. between you. Hey, George, come see me. <laughs> come see me. Lily says you're worth meeting. Come see yeah, me. Yeah, okay. George. Right. Um, he's, he's such a wonderful director. Right. The set was so... And listen, we're shooting during COVID. Yeah. I've had now... I've shot three things yeah. during this time okay. it's it's difficult there's i mean it's always always shooting is complicated but it's there's extra complication yeah. for yeah. sure yeah. that set the 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 joy on that set wow. was really palpable sort of from the moment i stepped uh i stepped on you know onto i got to boston and i I got to the stages, and and you always, when you have that feeling, yeah. you you just look to the leader, yeah. and um, and he is he's just he is he's a leader. He's uh-huh. um, incredibly curious and yeah. uh, so smart, uh-huh. and so funny. Yeah. Um, and I loved I loved uh, everything about it. I loved the the story we were telling, and I loved. I loved working with him, and I really, I really value him as a, really? as a, a person. And, and what was it about? Can you tell me what it was about the movie? It's called The Tender Bar is yeah. a memoir. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by this guy Jerem Moringer, okay. and it was adapted by William Monaghan. Um, and it's sort of I'm never good at being concise right, right, right. with log lines, okay. um, but it's a it's sort of a coming of age story about this uh, boy, single mother, um, dad is out of the picture of he's very very present right. but not right. in their uh, in their lives and uh, she keeps they keep running out of money they have to move back home and um, Ben Affleck plays uh, my brother who plays siblings and they have uh, and he works at a bar and the bar sort of becomes this place of refuge and discovery right. and uh, for for this boy and um, yeah and just the and then the journey of, of of growing up without a dad but with a dad who is is very present um, and and the you know and for my character trying to trying to do that all right yeah. with, with no kind of help or guidance and um, not wanting to, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. give him the childhood that she had, right. uh, but there they are in their yeah. childhood home, so that yeah. becomes you know increasingly yeah. difficult. Um, you know, there's a beautiful symmetry between the work your mom did 40 plus years ago 
and this piece. That's right. There's 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 some there's a there's some beautiful thread. And it takes place in the same. Yeah. T- it's like yeah. 70s into yeah. 80s. So yeah. we're right. We're wearing yeah. the same. Clothes. Right. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's kind of fun. I like that that happened. Yeah. That's. I, yeah. There's something. Uh, there's something beautiful. And how is it doing horror story? Because it feels like Ryan Murphy just loves you. And, oh, I love Ryan Murphy. And you just keep showing up season after season, but different roles. How do you do? You enjoy it still, which I know is I do. probably a crazy question to ask. But, but no, do you it's still not enjoy a crazy it? question because I think for a lot of shows, getting yeah. to season ten yeah. might not have that feeling right. of. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with Horror Story, every season is new, and um, and Ryan is there is just no one like him in 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 terms of you know he sort of broke them. I feel like now we have a lot of limited right. series. We yeah. have these sort of anthology. Yeah. But when Horror Story started, like that was. Getting a gig like that where he's like, yeah, you just, you know, you can, well, if you're doing another thing, you can come as, as a guest star and, or you can come as a regular and then you'll do, it was just like that kind of, uh, having a home like that yeah. is remarkable in this business. And, um, and also sort of, I think, you know, there's just the, the, the world of the show uh, and the tone of the show is so unique and and from season to season yeah. changes. Yeah. So you get to kind of come in. It does remind me of like being part of a theater troupe or something where you come in, so many familiar faces, both in the crew and the cast. Um, but you're doing a new thing. You're like yeah. putting on a new play. Yeah. That's actually really an interesting thought that you can create something that people could be full-time, part-time, come in and out. I guess that's probably the way lots of department stores, probably the way lots of hotels yeah. Are as well. But I think with Ryan, you know, there's so much insecurity in this, well, right. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I think people get afraid, like right. you're going to leave them. And yeah. so they want you to sign a six-year deal. Right. And Ryan just, nothing, he just doesn't approach anything from a place of fear or insecurity. And of course you're not, you don't, you don't why would you ever, you don't want to, you just yeah. you keep coming back because yeah. it's the greatest job yeah. and you're working for such a wonderful yeah. boss um, yeah. who, yeah who just gets it in a way that nobody else does. And the show is so, uh, so satisfying to do. Yeah, yeah. Planes. I know, planes. Planes, planes, trains, and automobiles. Who are you? Are you planes, trains, or automobiles? Train. Train. But I don't know why I said that. Oh, but you know, you said it because good, because train feels like you could have a little fun on it. (laughs) You could daydream for a little while. You could write in your journal if you wanted to. You could listen to something. You could read something. I say train too. I've taken good trains in a variety of places in Europe. I've taken good trains. I've taken good trains on the East Coast. I've actually even taken good trains from here down to San Diego. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever taken that train. I haven't. It's a nice train. But I love... um I, I don't love flying. Are you a good flyer? You know what I am. Yeah. There's still kind of a magic for me. Yeah. For getting up in the air. I know it sounds completely hokey. No. But somehow there's some there's something magical about getting to go somewhere. Yeah. Yes, so, there yeah. is. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. envious because yeah. I I wish I didn't. I love traveling, right. and I um, the getting there is always right. from the packing to the flying. It's a lot of anxiety. Um, So I'm envious of that, but I don't have train anxiety. I do have driving anxiety. Yes. Every time. I become a bad driver now. I probably was never a good driver, but I've definitely, I would no longer trust myself to drive cross country, which I've done in the past. And why? You know, I, 
I find it hard just to keep my eyes on the road. Mm -hmm. Like I had an uncle who could drive 24 hours at a time. And you could get me to drive two hours, but then I'm going to want to kind of take a break and do something. And then, yeah. you know, before I know it, a half hour break is, yeah, is an hour long break. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not great at that. I so. have, uh, no, I have never had an easy time driving. I just never find, you know, when people are like, I just need to go for a drive. Right, right. Go for a drive. Go for a drive. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to relax. Right, 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 right. Uh, everything I see is dangerous. Yeah, Every yeah, car, like, yeah. um, and my dad once, I was like, I just feel like, it's like I feel sort of invisible out there. And he said my mother had had the same thing where she she felt like other cars couldn't see her car. Oh. That her car was sort of invisible. Oh. Which means, yeah. you know, this is yeah. all. Yeah. But But I really understand that feeling, I feel much safer just yeah. walking. Also, you know, New York being yeah, my right. sort of home base. Right. That, right. But Hamish can drive like, we drove 27 hours with my my little one had just, she was probably like three months. Yeah. Uh, and my four-year-old, and we had to get to Canada for him to shoot something this fall. Mm. And I was too afraid to fly. It was right. like, yeah. uh, and so we drove. And where's he from originally? Where did he grow up? He grew up not far from where I sort of grew up. Okay. Uh, he grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. Like Great Barrington. Do you know that? Oh, the yeah. Berkshires? All right. All right. But, oh, Berkshires is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I got invited to something for one day and I ended up staying three because it was that pretty. It. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a very yeah. special place. Yeah. And, um, and we ended up in the northwest corner of Connecticut, which is like 45 minutes from there. So okay. similar. Yeah. Uh, vibe. Oh, but that's yeah, but he's just very confident driving, yeah. and and he can really just go yeah. like twenty seven yeah. hours. We stopped yeah. one yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys are a good yin and yang. <laughs> you guys are a good yin and yang, which is good because not a lot every of that. yeah yeah not every yin and yang uh, works. Um, all right, before I let you go, I want to do something I love. I call rapid fire. Okay. And I just want to share a variety of things with you. Um, what's your favorite book of all time? Birds of America, Laurie oh. Moore. Oh. It's short stories. Yeah. Oh. And do you like short stories in general? I do. Well, yes, I do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Favorite movie? Hmm. <sighs> the Godfather. Which one? The first one. Oh, my. And whose performance in there do you love the most? Oh, gosh. Al Pacino. Pacino. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Love The Godfather, too. Love it, too. Love it, too. Um, the most beautiful place you've ever been? Italy. Uh Specifically, this place called the Val d'Orcia. It—it's sort of you're up high and you look out and it's just lilacs and wine. Uh, well, vineyards, but I'm yeah. thinking wine. Yeah, that. But Italy, oh. Italy, Venice too. I really. Venice, I love too. Yeah, I love too. The Amalfi Coast. Oh, I love too. And are you a hotel? Or are you an Airbnb girl? What do you love? I love a hotel. You do. I love a hotel. You love the boutique hotels. You love the big hotels. All of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a real like okay. Eloise spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. do this love could it. Be good. This could be really <laughs> good. Um, your favorite meal? If someone wanted to thrill you, what would they? What would they make for you? Oysters. Ah, oh, nice. That's a nice choice. Anything on it, or just just clean? Not much. Just good. Pretty clean. Just clean. Yeah. Just I good. mean, you know, yeah. a little yeah. bit of little but, bit. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. That's good. Yeah. Who would you love to have dinner with? Uh, dead or alive, who would you, 
Who would it make you smile or intrigue you? Or? The Obamas. Oh, both. Oh, Can I, I have like the whole that. family? Do you have, oh, that's kind <laughs> of nice. You know, someone said the other day that we did get treated to a whole family. We didn't just get a president, we got a family. Yeah. And I think that that's right. I yeah. think that that's uh, true. Um, your favorite comedian? Oh, gosh. My favorite comedian. It's really hard. Yeah? Yeah. Who do you like, even if there may not be favorite? I find uh-huh. everyone on SNL right now. Right. Everyone. We yeah. actually recently, we, we, <laughs> we sort of, we tried to make a list. Right. And like, and we were like, you have to choose <laughs> right, your right. top four. Yeah, it was right. my stepdaughter yeah, and yeah. Hamish and myself. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I couldn't. I couldn't choose. They are kind of on a hot streak. Oh. And everyone, yeah, and then you're like, yeah. and then you forget, and then you're right. like, well, that person. Has. So I was doing things where I was like, well, I have a lot of ties. Right. And Hamish was like, well, you've just put down 10 people. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, and then I had like right. bonus. Right. So I would say the entire cast, uh, current cast of SNL. Of SNL. What's your uh, karaoke song? You Can Call Me Out. You Can Call Me, me Out, out yeah. by um, Paul, Paul Simon. Yeah. I haven't had that one yet. I oh. love that. That's a beautiful one. All right. Uh, where will I get to see you in 10 years? I'm hoping that uh, you, Hamish, and I are going to get together where? Where will we, in where Venice? Will we be? Oh, good answer. <laughs> Very good answer. <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's say Venice. Yeah, that'd be, uh, I do love Italy, too. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot. Could there, have you been to Africa yet? I want to go. Yeah. If you like Venice, because there's something about what you've shared today and also your spirit and you saying Venice and these other places, I hope you make your way to Cape Town. I think you'd really enjoy that. Yes, I know what that's And then way. you should treat yourself to Ghana. Um, I think the nicest people certifiably in the world are Ghanaians. That's the next, that's yeah. the next trip. Yeah, yeah. Be worthy of that. Worthy of. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. What a yeah, pleasure. Yeah, Truly. I really, um, it's so nice, you know, for me to be back out in the world and to get to meet people and meet good people. So it's just, am- and I just yeah. love that, yes, yeah. having a, having this, I, I will, I mean, I would never forget it anyway, yeah. but I will really never forget it because the fact that I am yes. this close yes. to you yes. and we yes. are, you know, there's yeah. not a screen yeah. between us yeah. is so amazing. And we have all of this yeah. even behind us, which is, um, which is not bad, which is not bad. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, 
and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 